0: Welcome to the Artesian Podcast. My name is David Gallagher, and I'm the Portfolio Manager responsible for the Artesian Corporate Bond Fund and the Artesian Green and Sustainable Bond Fund. With me today is Matthew clooneys ross Founding Partner and Chief Investment Officer at Artesian. On this show, we will be kicking off the first episode in our Green and Sustainable Fixed Income Investing Series, starting with the topic of Greenium. Matt, would you like to give the listeners just a bit of an intro about Artesian?
1: Yeah, sure, and, and thanks, Dave. Artesian is an alternative fund manager that started back in two thousand and four, and has eight hundred million dollars under management in both corporate bond funds and VC, roughly split between the the two asset classes. We're an active fund manager that has been trading green bonds since their inception. We have a global team of analysts and portfolio managers that run our fixed interest portfolios around the clock, pretty much. We have a focus on strategies with positive environmental and and social impact. We have offices in London, New York, Singapore, uh, Melbourne and Sydney that manage our bond portfolios.
0: Very good. So just for those who, who are listening who would have you know heard about green bonds, seen it written about in the press, could you just explain just what the key differences are between, say, a green bond and, and a regular bond? Green
1: bonds were developed in response to a specific need from investors to invest in assets with an identifiable impact and use of proceeds. So essentially funds raised are allocated to specific projects and infrastructure with carbon reduction as their key objective. They don't differ actually at all in structure from a regular bond. They have a defined maturity, coupon, and the credit risk is the same as a non labeled bond from the same company. So they are a simple vanilla asset But the key difference, and this is critical, is where the money is spent, where the money is allocated. And in green bonds case, it's allocated to those specific infrastructure projects with carbon reduction as their objective.
0: Okay. And obviously, we also hear that some bonds are greener than others and some, even though they're labelled green, are possibly not that green at all. So at Artesian, how how do we uh, go about screening those green bonds into our portfolios?
1: Yeah, good question. I suppose this is critical with regards to the impact each bond makes. So we begin by assessing a company's credit risk. And this is the same step for any investment we take, whether it's green or not, as the credit risk is the same either way. As part of the first step, we also incorporate an ESG assessment by our ESG research director. And this entails looking at the materiality of risks specific to environment, uh, social and governance. This comprehensive risk assessment is then presented to the PM and CIO for review. And if the company is deemed uh, investable at this point, then specific to green bonds, we then look at the use of proceeds of that particular bond. This is incredibly important as we want to have each investor's dollar having the most impact. And as you pointed out or, or alluded to, you know, people may have heard of greenwashing, and this is probably for another time. But essentially, this means that a label of green simply may not represent where the money is actually going. So we have to assess a bond by the impact and robustness uh, and transparency uh, of the use of proceeds towards measurable uh, carbon abatement. After all these tests have been passed, credit risk, ESG risks, uh, use of proceeds, we then look at relative value, uh, pricing and technical or market factors. Let's sum all that up as a portfolio manager's secret sauce. And obviously, where the bond fits within the mandate and targeted portfolio construction and risk metrics. So let me sum all that up So we firstly judge the credit risk. Uh, We then look at the use of proceeds and measurable impact to avoid that greenwashing uh, potential. And finally, the portfolio manager assess price, uh, technical factors, the mandate, and obviously the risk metrics that we want to achieve with regards to the,
0: the total portfolio construction Okay. And when these bonds are priced, we've been hearing of a greenium in some markets. So what what is actually meant by that term greenium?
1: Yeah. And this is sort of a hot topic, I suppose, around the world uh, when it comes to green bonds. This term essentially refers to the premium in price or discount in yield an investor pays to purchase the green bond what we'd like to refer to as a regular brown bond or non-label. The greenium at this point is most prevalent in the European markets. Um, So, for example, if a company issues a 10-year maturity green bond in the euro markets, it may expect to pay around 10 basis points or 0.1% less to investors each year for the next 10 years. So this may not sound a lot, but is material for a large investor when we're talking big numbers here. And especially when yields are close to zero, I mean, it's material. So the question investors will ask is, is why forego that income for the same underlying risk?
0: Okay. And so what do you see as the main factors contributing to this difference in price, the greenium? Yeah. So let's
1: firstly assume that investors are rational. So they either see less risk or greater chance of making money by owning a green than a brown bond, purely from a financial perspective. The simple answer is that there is a greater value investors will place in a bond that has a green label and use of proceeds. There is a limited supply of these bonds and great demand at this point in time. Investors uh, will may have a separate mandate and motivation to buy these bonds over and above a regular a non-label brown bonds. So if there is an added motivation or value added, then a greenium is understandable. For example, uh, to use an analogy, health-conscious people will pay more for muesli than cocoa pops. There is added utility. Some investors have also grasped the fact that the only way we can address global warming effectively is through a massive financing of green infrastructure. And also, alongside that, a great advance in clean energy technology. So given the size of global markets, you know, when we issue green bonds, this can play a big, big part in this motivation. There are also a few stages in the life cycle of new asset markets. It's useful to identify at the stage we are at with green bonds. Firstly, with a new type of bond class, green bonds, for example, uh, a bond with a specific use of proceeds, as as we've discussed. Issuers and syndicates at the start will want to see bonds rise in price so investors are enthused or motivated to go out and buy the next one and the next one, for a better term, a little bit of FOMO involved there. And so over time, the motivation there is for issuers will actually lower their financing costs. Companies offer a measurable new issue premium to investors at the start. The second stage is when Uh, the new issue premium is no longer required to incentivize investors. Investors may see some value in the bond, even when the bonds are no longer coming cheap to the issuers' credit curve. And in the last stage, companies can issue at a discount to their curve. The demand and supply dynamic is in their favour. I I suppose this is what we see at the moment in the case of European green bonds. This is the stage we're at now, pretty much. But in the last stage, what technically should happen is supply rises. Issuers bring more bonds to take advantage of these cheap financing levels. Uh, it's all very rational. And eventually the pricing advantage to issuers dissipates or supply burgeons and we start again. But there are obviously issues with the green bonds that we can discuss as to why this uh, may not happen for some time.
0: Okay, so if this is a demand and supply imbalance, then you know should investors be paying this greenium to get involved? And do you think that that pricing relationship will just mean revert back to you know, being roughly the same for a non-labeled bond versus a green bond?
1: Yeah, and this is a critical question, I suppose, isn't it really? Uh, And one one we get asked many times over. Again, we, we can start with the premise that investors behave rationally. They pay extra because they believe these bonds, despite paying extra, have a greater chance of outperforming other like assets. They will make more money. Uh, They also believe that this supply or new supply won't meet demand anytime soon. Uh, And the fact is that companies can't issue green bonds continually as they don't have an endless need to finance green projects or infrastructure. There's a finite amount of financing they can actually do. So whilst they are definitely motivated to issue if a greenium exists, they're getting cheaper financing, they may not be able to do so uh, indefinitely. So given all these factors, both motivational and economic and technical, investors should, by right, continue to buy a rare asset in limited supply. It's a smart and simple trade. So we can see that greening being sustainable. Also, many companies can now look to issue sustainable bonds, which is a slightly different label, which has a much broader range of goals they can finance over and above simple green uh, infrastructure projects, et cetera. So green bonds, as a percentage of this, subset of impact bonds will decrease as the companies do issue more in the sustainable label bonds. So, there will, as, as we can see, be that that supply will come part of the way, but demand still will, will be pretty strong. So, the greenium uh, will, in all likelihood, remain stubbornly in place.
0: And so, you've made some references to, obviously, European markets where the greenium is more observable than, let's say, in the Aussie dollar market or the US dollar market. But what, what are your thoughts there around, should, should we expect a greenium in those markets?
1: Yeah, so it is interesting to note that uh, we can't observe or isolate a greenium in Australian markets as yet. And in the US... It's also quite hard to define. It's really just in the euro markets, which may be, may be the sign of things to come in these markets as it is a little bit more developed. and has gone a little bit more along that green bond path, I suppose, from both the um, issuers and the investors and the regu- and the regulators. So there's definitely more supplying green bonds over there, but the greenium, as I said, is still sub- stubbornly in place. Therefore, we believe that technical facts will continue outweigh the fact that credit risk is the same. No, between green and brown bonds. I suppose that the interesting thing with Australia is that we are still in that very early stage of development, and as we get more data points, a granium may well appear, and people can actually, you know, right now structure their portfolio if they can to be overweight in these in these bonds, and they could well you know, outperform significantly. So while there isn't an observable granium now. As we see, there might be a reason, uh, you know, a rational reason why one may appear in the future as supply, as the market becomes more developed in Australia.
0: Okay, so it, it seems rational and sustainable in, in relation to greenium. So for investors, what's the best way to take advantage of this technical in, in, in these products?
1: Yeah, so look... Unfortunately, it's uh, quite difficult for the retail investor to gain access to this market in any meaningful way. Most bond funds have an allocation, but if they are large funds that match an index, for example, with no green mandate, this allocation will be generally meaningless if the investor actually wants return and impact. The green bonds probably simply get lost in the crowd uh, in these portfolios. So I suppose you have to look for or choose a bond fund that only invests in green and ideally sustainable bonds. We saw the need for such a product, and that's why we developed the Artesian Green and Sustainable Bond Fund that only invests in in, in these bonds whose use of proceeds go towards green and sustainable projects and goals. Uh, Given all we have discussed, I suppose we can sum up by saying the greenium is worth paying. Uh, and that is a product best de- de- deployed by a niche fund manager. So it, it, it is hard, but there are products now where you can actually, I suppose, separate green bonds from brown bonds and try and take advantage of that, that very positive technical, that granium. So all investors, whether or not they have a special impact mandate like Artesian Will primarily make a decision based on the likelihood of green bonds outperforming the brown. If this is the case, then be prepared for other markets to start showing a greenium, and those investors with access and emphasis on these markets uh, to continue to outperform. And where the greenium is most pronounced, it is important to be particularly discerning and invest in those bond funds that actually have a defendable case to trade at bonds that actually have a, a defendable case to trade at a premium. Or invest in a fund that can be discerning on your behalf. So it is difficult, but there are ways to take part in this market now in an effective and hopefully an impactful way.
0: Thanks for your insights today, Matt. Very
1: interesting. Thanks, Dave. Very good questions. Appreciate it.